Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of Mage Wars Mondays. My name is Rick with Let's Level Up, and I am joined uh, by the Indomitable One and the Toxic One. Huh. <laughs> you're, an, you're a dinosaur. You're an Indomitable Rex. That's awesome. Indomitable Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Say uh, hi, guys. Evidently, I also don't hi, take clicking damage when you push me. Yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> yes, what shall we do? We shall make a dinosaur that can change its temperature, camouflage itself. And, oh, sorry, we said we weren't going to talk about movies. Let's not talk about movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I foolishly said so. comic books, and you went straight <laughs> to movies. Oh, you found the hole in the plan. You done there it. You go. You done That's it. Right. We're getting. We're getting. Lamp we're lampooning ourselves again. So guys, we have a we have a special treat for you. We're gonna have two episodes up this week. Um, we we just tried to record a Straywood Beastmaster episode, and then we spent the <laughs> entire time talking about the trailers for the DC movies that released at Comic Con. And uh, so we decided to create that as a bonus episode for you. We really hope you enjoy that. Give us some feedback if you like that or not. Um, it may even be in the link to this thing. We'll we'll make sure to get it out there on the appropriate channel so you can hear it and um, let us know if you'd like to hear something like that again. This episode, we're actually going to talk about Mage War stuff, though, which is great. That's a great you're, idea. I love you're that idea. Listening to a Mage Wars <laughs> podcast. Um, That's right. <laughs> what we had wanted to do is talk about the uh, Straywood Beastmaster and kind of focus around him as a mage, what he can do in the arena. I think better than a lot of people can, and uh, maybe some. Maybe some strategies or ways to play him, uh, depending on our particular style. So, Aaron, sure. you want to kick it off talking about the Straywood Beastmaster? Sure. Um, so I guess I guess to to kind of narrow that in, who is the Straywood Beastmaster as a character, and, and what is he really good at? Sure. Well, um, in Etheria, you have uh, Westlock, which is kind of the the main country. Uh, and north of it, uh, across the swamp, is a big forest called the Straywood, and that's that's where all the Beastmasters are coming from, uh, all all of those Beastmasters, um, and specifically that's an incredibly old forest filled with all manner of wildlife. Uh, it's a very it's very kind of savage place, but you know, it's home. So, uh, now, what he can actually do, um, Beastmasters are trained in uh, the School of Nature, and they're opposed to fire. Uh, for obvious reasons, fire is, uh, fire burns nature. not something that's uh, nature-friendly, always. <laughs> um, but I do think that, that just looking at his training, that's the one of the best things he has going for him. Um, and the reason I say that is uh, a lot of times when people talk about, you know, the most useful spells in the game, um, many of those spells are arcane. Um, but once you get past the ones that are arcane, the ones that get used the most, like the useful creature enchantments to improve the effectiveness of your creatures... Um, those are almost all nature. And so the incredibly common spells like Rhino Hide, like uh, Bear Strength, that n other mages are going to pay two points for, he's paying one point for. So 
a lot of times people I don't think people always notice the the advantage they get from that, but I know when I'm building a Beastmaster, a lot of times instead of having one uh you know, like one uh bear strength, I'll have two because I'm like, well, um I everybody else spends two points on this, so why not have a backup? And so a lot of times I end up with a lot of redundancy, which is great when people start trying to destroy your enchantments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of think the, the thing he has really going for him, first off, is that nature as a school has very, very useful, like in a broad range of circumstances, enchantments, and then they have very solid creatures. So you're able to build a kind of backbone of your spellbook without really worrying about trying to go outside of your school. So ideally, you're going to save a lot of spell points doing that, uh, as opposed to, um, like, uh, a priestess. The holy school is, uh, is smaller and has a more focused... Um, more focused thing in what it does, where you're, uh, obviously, they have some solid creatures, but their solid creatures are a lot of times very much in the middle area, in the level three, whereas a Beastmaster um, has access to solid creatures from level one to level five, I think. Um, and so... You know, they they have they have the solid creatures in the middle area, but then they only really get healing other than that. A few protection things, but they're not it's not as just generally useful. They're still gonna be dipping like they're still gonna be dipping into, for instance, nature to grab bear string or um rhino hide or lion savagery or any of a a myriad of enchantments. But that's really where um where the nature school kind of takes off is that they they have a well-rounded set of creatures and a well-rounded set of support. Um, obviously, there are still things that they're missing, some very important things they're missing, but they're one of the more flexible schools, and they're it's a pretty deep school. There's a lot of things going on with it. Uh, added benefit, of course, is that when Academy is released, you'll have a whole new set of nature spells to complement what we already have um, to really to really fill that out and strengthen it and make it a good solid base um, but that's just his training uh, the next thing which is kind of the uh, the one that when you're new to mage wars it's the one that really almost always catches the attention and that's the pet and I know we had a, an entire podcast on you know, who we think are good pets. Mm-hmm. And that is all still true. But the thing to keep in mind here is that this plays into the one of the themes of the nature school, which is this ability to take a normal-ish animal and really make it, uh, you know, make it a juggernaut. Uh, and the cool part is, I mean, effectively, just think of your of your pet... Think of it like an extra spell, and you you're always able to have it in use mm-hmm. at all times. You know, 
the cool the coolest part about it is that if you keep killing a warlock's blood reaper he's going to permanently be losing life if you um if you kill a bonded tree from a uh druid then they're for the rest of the game but the beastmaster he just has to keep having creatures and he pays a little extra mana and he can always use this so uh, that's one of the things that's really great about it uh, and that's one of the things that I've seen uh, people do in the past is oh well I'm just gonna cast this bitterwood fox and since I cast it I'll pay a little extra and now he's actually dangerous, um, as opposed to uh, a few would that might be nice if they hit, you know? Um, now he's actually got some real teeth to him. Um, and then, oh, if you kill him, fantastic. Um, I'm going to cast another one. Which leads us into what I would say, once you've been playing Mage Wars for a while, what is his best ability? which is the quick summoning. Oh yeah. He can he can summon a level 1 animal as a quick spell. This doesn't seem like a huge deal. Um but the big thing there is <coughs> you get to move and then you can cast a creature. <coughs> which it, it like I said it doesn't seem like a lot once you start playing with it, you realize how much that really just changes the tempo of what you're able to accomplish. Um, because so often, positioning is an important thing because you have to be uh, within range to strike, within range to actually, you know, put some damage on people. Well, his ability to keep moving while casting his reinforcements genuinely... Helps him kind of stay out of the curve, stay ahead of the curve there. Now, in addition to that, he can pull off some pretty nifty tricks. Like, for instance, at the end of a round in which your opponent has initiative, as you're closing quick cast, you can cast a creature. Now, why would you do that? Well, you do that because your opponent can only deal with that creature with their quick casts because next round you'll be able to activate them as the first thing and then they'll be able to do whatever useful thing it is for you to get your value out of them mm -hmm. um, and that's the beauty of it is that waiting even in rounds in which you have the initiative waiting uh, until you know most of the creatures have activated to be able to go oh okay I'll use my quick cast now and toss out this creature and it really limits your opponent's methods for dealing with them. You know, and if your opponent wants to waste their quick cast on the next round, you know, casting a, a Hurl Rock or a Hurl Boulder to try and kill some level one creature, more power to them. Uh, at that point, they're, they're spending resources they can't get back for something that I can almost guarantee you have a plethora in your spellbook. So, uh, at the end of the day, I would much rather have a rock being hurled at my Bitterwood Fox than at my dome. <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's the biggest 
the other biggest thing with him, and also it allows him, uh, he's the only mage that without assistance is going to be able to cast two creatures in a round. Yes. He can use his full action to cast any creature he can afford, then he can use his quick cast to cast any level one that he has mana left for, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that takes a lot of planning, and that takes a lot of foresight, but it's a unique thing that he's the only one who can do. He's the only one that can pull a, a trick off like that. Um, he's also the only person who can summon a creature while attacking without assist, without uh, extra assistance. And and why would you want to attack with him? Well, he, like the the Araxian Crown Warlock, he has battle skills, so he gets an extra die on his his melee attacks. Yeah. So giving him a simple weapon, like a mage staff. Now he has a five die attack uh, that's ethereal and I believe has reach. So you have a five die attack that you can that you can slam out there. You have a five die attack you can slam out there, and then you can cast um, to bring up a, an academy card. Then you could cast a Straywood Cub and have a little bear to help you, or you could cast. Um, gosh, I know that we've had, like, uh, in the, the, some of the promotional stuff for Academy that I know some of you have seen the pictures for various level one creatures, and there are several in Academy, and the beauty of it is that it really feels, fills out what the Beastmaster can do, because originally you have the Straywood, uh, sorry, Bitterwood Fox, then you have the um, the Bobcat, and then you have the Thunder of Falcon. Um, and those are all good creatures, but basically it's you have two guys with special movement, and then another guy who gets bigger attacks when he moves. So they're all they're all very movement related. Well, then when you look at the the level one creatures in Academy. You have the bear, uh, and the bear, the bear's a pest, so he's not going to be able to protect you. But at the same time, you can reliably uh, have him out for a few turns. Yes, he's only doing two dice of damage, but he is sticking around. And he's, uh, he's, a, he's a tough little guy. Uh, and then there are, there are other creatures that also work really well, and it really fills out what, what he can do in that, that slot. And that's the other beauty of that ability, is that as long as there continue to be level one creatures, um, then I can reliably say we'll probably be printing level one animals at some point. And so he's going to continue to have a wider range of what he can do uh, with his quick summoning. And then, we, um, yes, I think we showed it in one of All our. Plays together. Uh, I, I think we showed it in one of our Facebook posts when we were at Dice Tower Con, um, but people may not have been able to see all the attributes of it. But um, I don't want to spoil it all. But there's a creature in uh, Academy that is called the Dark Fiend Asp. ASP. It's a snake, and uh, it is, or it's actually, I think it's classified as a reptile, not a snake. Um, but it is very inexpensive. It is a level one nature creature. 
it's an animal. Uh, it's got built-in defense. It's got it's very weak in terms of its actual health, but having a built-in defense that defense that's very viable, being a level one and being the ability to get a weak token on your uh, target when you attack it. I have already been playing around with an arena idea for uh, using that that creature with the Beastmaster and making like an Indiana Jones deck where it's all about snacks. Nice. So <laughs> it's really, really cool. I think uh, a lot of people are going to be excited to see the, the options the Beastmaster gets with uh, the Academy cards that are going to be coming out here soon. And that's definitely something that, that really excited me while making Academy and excites me now, uh, now that people are finally going to get you know, get their hands on those cards and be able to see just what they can do now. So, Scott, what do you, um, if, if you could put any, any Beastmaster, any Straywood Beastmaster book into the arena right now, what would you play? <laughs> um, I actually, I really like Alexander West's book that he put together for Gen Con last year, the, the Aviary. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a really just very well-rounded and very solid book around this is what I can do, and I am not only going to swarm you, but I'm going to control you. I think that was a really good book. Um, my personal favorite is I actually have a book I've created on my own that I call The Four Horsemen. Um, and because I'm a nerd and I, I name all of my spell books, um, they don't have birthdays, so don't worry, everything's okay. But, <laughs> um, it, it's all, yeah, it's all based around, um, eight creatures. So it, it has four bitterwood foxes, uh, which are great to use with the Beastmaster because they are level one, they have fast built in, they're very inexpensive. You can get them out early and create a substantially opening game rush that will help you uh, gain a little bit of momentum at the very beginning. Um, but then there's one copy of uh, four different creatures that I'll, I'll put into the, the spell book as well. One of them is not an animal um, for specific reasons. Um, so the, the first one is the timber wolf, which is an animal. Uh, who we, we've talked about before is kind of the pickup truck of uh, creatures in Mage Wars. Uh, it it is solid. It's well balanced. It has a four die attack, which is great. You make it your pet. It gets even better. You add lion savagery. You add bear strength. You add maybe an enchantment from Academy that could do something similar to those. And there's a lot of things that will buff him up really quickly. And make him pretty nasty. Um, But then on top of that, he's got 10 health, so he stays around for quite a while. Um, Then the next, uh, he's he's one of the first four horsemen. Um, The next four horsemen in terms of, like, mana cost is the non-animal creature, uh, which is a royal archer. Uh, And I just have the royal archer in there as a situational, if I need a a ranged attacker, then I can bring her out and, and have her firing away at people. The third of the four horsemen is my favorite, and it's the one that I put the pet token on primarily and, and focus around putting the pet on, which is the Highland Unicorn. Um, I think the Highland Unicorn, while it's expensive because it's uh, uh, six points to put in there uh, and it's a high level, it's a level three holy spell. Um, so you're going to be paying a lot to, to get its pet token on there. It's pretty amazing as a pet um, in terms of like not buffing a creature or not buffing an animal and making it a pet and how solid it can be, 
The Highland Unicorn is probably my favorite. Um, it's got two armor and nine health naturally. It rolls three dice naturally. It gets charge plus two. It gets regenerate two. It heals everything else that's a living creature in its zone by one every turn with regenerate one in the zone. It's just it is if if the timber wolf is the the pickup truck, then to me the unicorn is kind of the decked out SUV. I mean, she is just unbelievable animal to put in there. And then <clears throat> the top line, <clears throat> excuse me, the top line of the four horsemen is the steel claw grizzly. Um, and the the grizzly is just an absolute tank, right? He's he's a Hummer SUV, just decked out, loaded, ready to roll in and destroy people. Um, the fun thing that I like about playing that book is that depending on who I go against, it allows me to utilize my pet token in the best suited fashion. So if I'm going against someone who is uh, fast and rush-minded, I might want to make one of my foxes a pet very early and gain a tactical advantage against them. Uh, or I might want to focus on the timber wolf to uh, take, you know, take hold of whatever rush he's sending at me. If I've got someone who is very controlling, who is going to force me, like you were talking about earlier with the Force Master in the tournament that, you know, put out all these things to stop you from moving all of your different creatures, if you had, you know, suppression where I was going to have to be dealing with a lot of upkeep, well, then I'm going to make the Steel Claw Grizzly my pet. And I'm going to focus on one guy, one giant, massive, 10-ton, you-know-what coming in your face, and, and I'll be able to use him to come over there and not have to worry about paying upkeep on five or six different creatures. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the most fun to me about that book is it gives me the flexibility to counteract what my opponent's strategy may be but still focus on what I've built my book to do. So Sweet. Yeah, I like that. I like, I like books with themes on them, man. They, um Every every book I do has themes. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's it's more fun to me that way, I think. Yeah, that's actually where I start from for when I built when I build my books. The first book I ever built was a Beastmaster, uh, and the the lair was what I focused on, and and I tried to you know make thematic around you know things spawning out of that lair. So uh, I know Aaron made a spell book that we we called Hell Hydra because it was all focused on the. Uh, the hydras and the wizard and you know cut off one head and another shall rise and it, it right. was just really fun right it may not be <laughs> the most competitive spell books but they they easily are the most fun so mm-hmm. what about what about you aaron what kind of um you could play any beastmaster what would it be any straight beastmaster uh, i'm i i know i've i've mentioned this before but my inherent <laughs> My inherent play style is uh, pretty bread and butter. Um, I I actually just generally go for things that are solid and mm-hmm. just proven and try and make them them work smooth. Uh, so to me, I can play any Beastmaster. Right now, it's just a nice selection of uh, a nice selection of animals. And just kind of a solid book. Nothing, nothing fancy or or crazy or particular. But mm-hmm. uh, now the one thing I would say that's weird is that the Straywood Beastmaster, I almost never use a lair. Like, uh, to me, his uh, his quick 
lets me get cre extra creatures out in the middle of the game when I need them. So I almost never use the layer because that uh, all of that mana could instead be spent on, you know, a couple of spells in the first round or my, you know, one of my opening creatures. Like I'm a big fan of the of the spitting raptor. Um, because he's oh, just I love the raptor. Rock solid. Uh, he's good in melee. Has a ranged attack. Has corrodes, which are fantastic. Um. And obviously, if you make him a pet, then he just gets slightly better at almost everything. So <laughs> he's just really solid. And he's my general go-to. Um, so, But like I said, it just ends up being a pretty, um, a pretty bread and butter sort of book. Yeah. Nothing, really... nothing super exciting or unusual. Um, at the same time, I will say... Once, once Academy's out, I absolutely want to have a bear book. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for more bears. bears. Yeah. All the bears. Yeah. The only thing that makes me more excited than the bears is if you guys announce that you're going to come up with like ten more dinosaurs to put in. <laughs> um. Well, if I remember right, I think there actually is a dinosaur in this set. Oh, nice. There's Maybe. not ten, so so <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely undercutting your expectations, but yeah. So there we go. I can see Aaron rolling up with a spell book built around nothing but timber wolves and enchantments. <laughs> I think uh, that was one of my much. first Beastmaster books. It's it, a lot of times it's like four timber wolves. I have the one uh, raptor because he's just always good. Um, and then a few uh, level one creatures in case I need them. So, um, what do you guys think about uh, conjurations like Tooth and Nail and and some of those other kind of nature specific ones? I think Tooth and Nail is almost a automatic with the Straywood Beastmaster. Um, I, th I think it is one of the best conjurations when it comes down to what he has access to uh, yeah. inexpensively. Um, especially because it's the fact that it, it, it helps you with everything. It's, it's all animal creatures. doesn't matter what, what it is, it's, it's going to get the piercing plus one. And for the most part, everything is going to have armor. Even if something doesn't have armor at the beginning of the game, it's going to gain armor throughout the game. So I think it's a really, really solid conjuration. Um, I actually really am a big fan of Stranglevine and Tanglevine as well. Uh, I think that both of those, if played correctly, can be as annoying and as devastating as a suppression book like you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, those, those can hack off people. In fact, there was a guy that I was uh, introducing the game to at Dice Tower Con. His name was Wayne. Um, great guy. He's actually turned into an ambassador for us. Um, Love the game, just picked it up immediately, and he, bang, he was like, "I'm not, not interested in you know the watered down, you know, show me two turns. Like I want to play a full game." And we sat down and we we played a full game, and it was hilarious because I played Tanglevine on turn two, I think, or turn three on on his mage. He was playing the Anvil Throne Warlord, and at the beginning of the game, he was using his goblins to come out and attack me. And over time, I was able to wear wear down the goblins. 
And he's like, okay. He goes, sir, I'm going to move my mage up. And I went, no, you, you can't. You're tangle vined. And he goes, oh, my God, that happened like 19 turns ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it was only five, but that's okay. <laughs> he was yeah. like, he's like, oh, my God. He goes, he goes, I love this game. Like, the fact that I completely forgot about that, and it was there, and it was part of your strategy, like, I love this game. <laughs> and I was like, it was such a comical moment, because he was, he, he knew he had it on him for, like, two or three turns, and then completely forgot about it, and it turned into a whole different thing. Um, he actually got it off and, and ended up winning at, at the end of the day, but it was really, really fun. Um, he, the Beastmaster, the Straywood Beastmaster, has access to a lot of very interesting conjurations um uh, not you know just not even talking about anything else that he has access to um i think one of the cards and and i'm sure aaron will, will vie with me on this i think most people would use this uh in a um in a straywood beastmaster uh spell book but in terms of enchantments i think marked for death is phenomenal mm, um i love marked it's for death. only yeah, it's only two points for him. It's a, it's a dark spell. It's a level one, so he only has to pay two. Four total mana, two down, two up for reveal. Uh, you have to pay six if you're doing the mage bind. But it gets all creatures gain plus one attack when attacking this creature. I will pay six mana for every single one of my level one creatures I'm rushing you with to get that one extra die, because that is phenomenal. Um, I don't see many people play with it, um, and it might just be the meta from where I am, but I think that that's a very good enchantment that people may forget from time to time to use with him. So, Any time that you're going to be able to get, like, three attacks on the same target, Mark for Death is going to be a solid choice. Yep. Um, and so... Uh, Straywood Beastmaster, Necromancer, they're both really good with that. They're 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 pretty excited about it. So awesome. You know, I'd like to do I'd like to do something really quick. I'd like to um to challenge the community. Um there's a there's a creature. Um it's a nature creature, it's a level four spell, it's the giant wolf spider. I wonder, and here's something that'd be a little, it'd be kind of fun. Let's see if you guys can build me a Straywood Beastmaster deck, or you know what, let's let's say any mage um, that's built around the giant wolf spider. And I'm gonna try to play it at the next, uh, the next time I get together uh, with some guys because I love that card, and I can, I rarely actually get it out onto the table because it's pretty expensive with that 15 mana cost. But um, being able to taint something is is just so good for me. I'll tell you what, the wolf spider, if a lot of people I've seen use the strategy of turn one, drop a steel claw and put a bear strength on them uh, and blow all 19 of your mana on that. Uh-huh. Um, the wolf spider doing the same thing can be pretty hard to deal with. Um, you, even if you, know, you don't make him your pet, you just put him out there on turn one, spend your 15, spend two mana to put a, uh, put a, a bear strength on him, that... That can be pretty hard to deal with. Now, he's not going to be wrecking your face as much as the bear is, but he's going to be in a completely different style of controlling the board a lot more. So yeah, I, I think, yeah. yeah, that's a great call-out. Yeah, I really and, – and, and the artwork on him is just freaking awesome. I don't know who did that one, but man, it's great. <laughs> so what uh, – Aaron, what attack would you like, – like from a tax perspective – I think Geyser is kind of an, a 
massive one to put into the uh, put into the uh, any nature mage's spell, but put into the Straywood Beastmaster spellbook. Um, the fact that you know you get to you know remove the burn conditions potentially is a great thing. But outside of that, what what other attacks? Like if you had to pick one more attack to go with Geyser, what would you add to your Straywood Beastmaster book? That's tough. Um, the Straywood Beastmaster has a couple of areas that are kind of weak points. Um, he's he's no good uh, against uh, incorporeals. Thankfully, there are very, very few of those, but a, a well-placed mana siphon will kind of ruin his day. Um, so from that perspective, I definitely think uh, Force Hammer... Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, I'd probably just say Force Hammer. Um, <laughs> no, I was just thinking the other things that all screw him up are things like Suppression Orb and the Mordox Obelisk and the 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 things that will generally mess with a Straywood Beastmaster in the biggest ways are a bunch of Conjurations. And so this kind of solves the issue of, hey, I have an ethereal... Attack that also does extra damage against uh, corporeal conjurations. So, um, that's that's where I'd go. Um, other than that, I'm a huge fan of Jetstream yep. uh, because flying is something like yes, he can play. Um, he can play the various birds he has, but at the same time, none of that is really to the level of say a Dremelec. Mm-hmm. So. Having spells to deal with flyers is not a bad idea, uh, especially yep. since something like a jet stream uh, becomes a four mana for four damage spell uh, against uh, flying creatures. Yep. But I would say because of how because of how much various conjurations can really just ruin your day, uh, I I wouldn't leave without a a force hammer. You know, but I think isn't Force Hammer and almost included in, in most books, though. I mean, just for well, that for me, reason. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I know. I know. In the forums, there was a discussion, and a lot of people were of the mind that um, you should go with uh, Pearl Boulder instead, because it's less mana, more damage on average. Because it's it's a seven die attack. And it costs less mana than the the six die attack that's the hammer, but the yeah, hammer but gets extra damage against against yeah, you miss out on the ethereal and you miss out on the extra damage. Yeah. And I I see where they're going because yes, being able to being able to viciously attack someone with the Beastmaster and get off to a really fast start, and then to just go, hey, um, it's my turn. I'm going to quick cast Hurl Boulder, uh, use my turn, Hurl Boulder, and effectively throw 14 dice at you. Like, that's that's a pretty pretty strong play, and I can see where they're going with it. Um, but at the same time, I would rather, I would rather play it a little safer. Uh, that and, in all honesty, you know, being able to, like, run in and attack someone and then and then throw the hammer down on them. Uh that's gonna that's gonna be a pretty decent threat too. 
So, all good choices. Mm-hmm. Um, well, guys, I think that's uh, I think that's us for time so far. So I wanted to just again thank you everybody for listening and um, supporting what we do here with this podcast. It's again uh, all the feedback is so awesome. Our return episode. Um, I got a bunch of emails and comments and stuff, and it was just really cool to see that. So, again, thank you so much. Um, it's it's just it's awesome. I don't know. I don't know what else I could say besides awesome. That's kind of like the greatest thing you could say, right? So, there you go. <laughs> and if anyone doesn't know, um, while we love Rick and everything he does for us in terms of supporting the game and, and helping us with the the Mage Wars podcast, <clears throat> Rick is not going to be a Gen Con this year. Which is very sad. Uh, and we don't like that. Yeah. So um, we are actually going to bring a couple of other people with us from a group called Arcane Duels, and they are going to be recording the Mage Wars tournament. Uh, they're going to put it on their website. So um, I think after Gen Con happens, that would probably be a really good topic for us for a, uh, uh, a podcast to be able to talk about the tournament and how it went. Um, but for those of you looking for a fix on the tournament, uh, we will still have it. Uh, we'll have someone there being able to get coverage of it, and we'll get it over there for you guys to check out on the internet, all that fun stuff. Awesome. And those guys have a really cool YouTube channel as well, so make sure you check them out because um, they're they're good guys. Yes. Awesome. Um, how's the contest coming? Have we got a, have we got a bunch of uh, cool name suggestions in? <laughs> we have a ton of cool name suggestions. <laughs> While we were recording this, we got a yeah. name suggest- some name suggestions in. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of name suggestions in. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, we have a card called Dawnbreaker's Chosen, uh, which is going to be a card that's going to be available uh, in a expansion for Mage Wars Academy, and you can name it. So if you take a second, uh, gander on over to a previous podcast, I think it was actually the last episode, uh, you can get more information about that, and we can talk about that. Uh, we're really excited about it. Um, the card itself is really good. The names that are coming in are really good. Uh, obviously, don't want to talk about any of the names right now in case they're not chosen, but we've gotten multitudes of emails, which has been really cool. So thank you all very much, and keep that coming. We're going to make the announcement at Gen Con uh, on Sunday uh, as to who the uh, winner of that is and, and what the name will be, uh, and uh, that will be some pretty cool stuff. Awesome, man. That's really cool. Oh, well, Aaron, do you have anything you want to do? You want to leave the um, people listening to this with? Uh, not off the top of my head. Sweet, <laughs> a man of I'll, man, few words. I love it. I'll I'll leave this with everyone. If you're going to Gen Con, come to our booth. You are going to have a ridiculous amount of opportunities to win free stuff at our booth. Um, we're demoing all day, every day in the sales hall at booth 741. If you come to our booth, if you demo a game, you get a raffle ticket. At the end of every day, we're going to be giving away games at 4 o'clock local time in our booth. We're going to be drawing names out. Um, the sheriff himself, the sheriff of Nottingham, will be there and will be drawing out names. Uh, and then on Sunday at 2.30, we're going to be giving away games, and we're also going to be giving away three gigantic 8-foot play mats. Um, one of them is the Sheriff of Nottingham artwork. One of them is the Mage Wars Academy artwork. And the last one, which is my favorite, is the Mage Wars Arena artwork. And it takes an eight-foot playmat and puts two boards onto the playmat. So you can play, you know, right across from your opponent, have everything on the playmat. You don't need a board or, or anything else. So it's really, really cool stuff. We're really excited about that. 
I, yeah, man, I gotta say, I just got, I just cashed in some of my ambassador rewards points and got mm-hmm. a couple of the fourth edition corsets and a couple play mats. And nice. I am blown away with those play mats, man. They are absolutely incredible. And what's weird, because I've had the Selenia one for a while, um, but mm-hmm. the, the actual Westlock play mat is incredible. The detail is so nice. And I, because I've played on that board for so long, you kind of get tired of it after a while, especially when you see Selenia and then the Straywood board came out. Um, but man, the the Westlock playmat was just the detail in it was absolutely flawless and it was perfect. So um, if you guys don't have one of those, I really really like playing on those because it's so easy to slide cards around and stuff. And for those of you who don't know, I'm going to be in Rick's area of the woods very soon. Uh, actually, the weekend, not the weekend after, but two weekends after Gen Con, uh, I'm going to be out there for a gaming convention. And there's a rumor that uh, one of us is going to play the other in a game of Mage War. So that may be a topic to talk about here soon, too. Oh, yes. Let's. <laughs> let's. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this. We really appreciate it one more time. And um, on behalf of Aaron and Scott, uh, thank you. Game play on. Mage Wars. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.